I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Andrew, and this is the Who Dat Discussion, a New Orleans Saints podcast where we talk about all Saints news, opinions, and reactions. And this is going to be another off-season edition of the Who Dat Discussion. But first, we are going to start off with some podcasting and personal news here as we have joined Overtime Media Podcasting Network. And I'm just so thankful to be a part of this network. It's a huge step forward for our podcast, and um, it's just an honor to be a part of of this podcasting network for saints fans that listen to the all saints consider podcast they're also on there and you know they're an amazing podcast they have some amazing podcasts on mlb and nba really all sports they have some amazing podcasts and i'm just so happy that i can be a part of them this is just really big because also we're going to be able to put more content out at you we're probably going to start two episodes again which i think is just great ramping up to the season and being able to do that is huge also some other things are going to be coming as well for the podcast, hopefully some interviews in the future. It's, it's just really big for me, and I'm just so excited to start off with overtime here, and I'm just really, really happy about that. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's helped me along this way, to the whole Houdat Nation, because when I started this podcast idea about you know a year ago, and I was just looking to just talk with some Saints fans, and what it's grown to today is just you know being able to talk and you know, look, before having the podcast, I didn't really know any Saints fans. And now coming on here, being able to interact with so many of you guys is just, it's really a blessing. Just everyone I've been able to work with to this point, other podcasters, every everyone. It's really just, I got to say thank you to everyone before we start this episode. And one special thank you out to Tyler from the All Saints Considered podcast, because he was helping me with the logos and stuff. Because as you guys can see, our logos has changed. And I was bouncing off some ideas with him, really the whole um, transition he's really helped me with so thank you Tyler you're doing a great job on the All Saints Considered podcast as always there so I think with that out of the way we will get to some Saints news here and I think here it's very very interesting because the Saints we're gonna basically we're gonna start with some news and we're gonna get into our main topic this week and that is going to be on um, the top five receivers in the Drew Brees Sean Payton errors we did the top five running backs in the Drew Brees, Sean Payton, Harris. Now we're going to move over to wide receivers. And I'm really, look, again, I have my five as I did last week that I was just, you know, writing down and stuff. And you guys seem to like this a lot. So I'm obviously keep on doing it. And I really enjoyed it too. I didn't really realize how much I would enjoy it from all the stories because you just remember so many things when looking at history and it's really, really fun. So we're all going to start with some Saints news. I'm going to start off with ESPN giving the Saints a C grade here. And this, look, I don't really understand why they gave the Saints such a low grade. It says the Saints grade takes a huge hit from the 2018 trade that saw them surrender their first round pick from 2019 to Green Bay as part of trading up for Marcus Davenport. But to me, that's not, you can't take that out of the Saints grade because they had a um, defensive end that they, tra- impactful defensive end that helped last year is going to help this year. 
I don't see why that. So to me, that's not really a valid point. They feel like, yeah, they're going to argue that they're, they, this is what ESPN said. They said the Saints are one blown call away from the Super Bowl run. And I think that, you know, they say New Orleans gave up a lot of future picks and it will end up hurting them. It's only, it's like they fall in love with one player at one position and that is where you get in trouble. And I did like, I disagree with that, especially as the Saints are in the stage of really how their franchise is built right now is it's so well built that you have so many great players, you really only need one position. And look, I don't I don't agree with this at all because I don't give them a C. Right now I told you guys I'm giving them a B, and I'm going to stick with that until unless they got anyone else, B or B+, because they didn't do anything bad. They filled up some pieces, and they lost some pieces as well. But to me, overall, it was just a push. I think they'll be just as good in 2019. And then also your young players are going to get better, or they're going to at least, I, think, I, I mean, you expect them to get better. Um, will they is one question, but... I think they definitely will. And then it says that, um, you know, the Saints picked um, McCoy, Eric McCoy, after committing $4 million in guaranteed money to Nick Easton, which is a one-year deal, ESPN. I'm um, just telling you how it's really, because that's it. The, all the guaranteed money's in the first year, and then that's it. So, again, I don't understand why they're mad about that. To me, you got two really good players that are going to fill um, a big hole in Max Unger. To me, that was a perfect move, and I think that was kind of an A move, not a C move like they're saying. And um, it's saying, um, to me, it seems like an overreaction to Unger retiring. But, okay, I don't think that's true. But, again, whatever. They said the Saints continue to emphasize special teams, bringing in Darren Rizzi with the Dolphins and uh, bringing Marcus Sherrills and players like that. From a roster standpoint, they do as much to address special teams as anybody. So, look, they're going to have a top special team. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. It seems just really harsh that they're critical. Of, look, this great. They don't even talk about Jared Cook. Come on, guys. Look, ESPN, I'm not gonna like. I'm not here to bash them 24/7 like some people do. But this is to me just. I mean, this is not really doing your homework. That that was your um blurb on the Saints. You talked about getting the pick from Marcus Davenport, which shouldn't even happen this offseason. So to me, that's not an effect of this offseason's grade. It's an effect of last offseason's grade. But fine, I'll give you that. Then you're gonna talk about how we did bad by basically trading up to get one of the best. Uh, centers in this draft class, the best center in this draft class, and then also signing another player to, and they're calling an overreaction to Max Unger's retirement, to fill a great player at captain's retirement. To me, that was fine. And they don't like that the Saints emphasize special teams, which is special teams at this level and the Saints are at as being one of the best um, teams in the league. Special teams is going to win you some games, some close games, and that proved to be the case in 2018 with um, the Taysom Hill block punt. That changed that game completely. That was huge to the special teams. The Justin Tucker missed extra point. That was huge. Obviously, you've got to be big. Will Luft was ice money all year, ice water in his veins. So I don't really see what ESPN is talking about here. I do agree with the Canal Street Chronicles. They said that it's really harsh, and I agree with that. And, you know, look, they said that they wish that the Saints retained Mark Ingram, but it's you're also saying that, you know, the Saints also got Jared Cook which is, I think, a huge upgrade over what they had, a bigger upgrade than what Mark Ingram would have been over Latavius Murray. That, that's just what I feel there. I feel like their offense got better. I feel like their defense, it may, look, I think the Saints may have a couple of bad games start at the defense again because they won't have Rankins and um, probably won't have P.J. Williams either. So for the first at least two games, that may be a problem, but maybe not because I really think the Saints defense is primed to have a really good year, top 10 year. I said that and I'll stick towards, towards that. And um, to me, I just think that's really, really big. Canal Street Chronicles, they said that he got a B plus. The Saints had a B plus. And that, that's what I think, B, B plus. That, that's what I feel. And not a C, though. I don't understand that. Um, and that's just what I feel there. Also, the Saints did 
meet with three cornerbacks, Kayvon Webster, Cody Sensabaugh, and Prince Charles Aurora. Hope I am saying that right there. And to me, if I'm going to rank them, which ones I want the Saints to sign, I'm going to go Sensabaugh, Webster, and Aurora. Hope I'm saying that right. Um, Prince Charles Aurora there. Um, look, I do think that Webster and Sensabaugh are my top two by far. And then Aurora, because he usually hasn't played. He's more of a special teams guy to start it off. He was a practice squad guy. So um, we don't know. I'm just going to call him Prince now. I mean, I don't, to me, Prince, I don't know if he can be that player for the Saints that they need to fill out their roster. I feel like he hasn't really played that much special teams, even on the professional level. So that's going to be really tough. Sensabaugh, he is, a, to me, the best because he started last year 10 games. Uh, that's obviously within itself huge. Uh, you have a cornerback starting 10 games for you, and he did. it wasn't like he was a bad starter. He was an above-average starter per uh, pro football focus, and that's huge. He had like a 66 rating, which is really good. That's really, really good. He was very solid in basically covering up some holes for a Steelers team that had a lot of injuries and stuff, and um, he did a really good job of you know doing some really good stuff. He had six pass, def- pass deflections. He also had a forced fumble, 45 tackles. Good stuff. Um, he had tackle for a loss. That's all you want to see. Some really good stuff there. Then he he started four games. He's like basically a backup cornerback that can play everywhere. He can play inside. He can play outside. He's even played you know DB and like safety and stuff earlier in his career. So to me, really good stuff. He started um, 2015. He started 15 games last year. He started 10 games in the last four years. He started what 30 games. That's pretty good. That's means you know he's starting about seven eight games a year. He's definitely a backup type guy but to me he's not like a bad player he's gonna be the Saints fifth cornerback here and if they were able to sign that that's a ton of depth for a player that was above average last year by pro football focus that would just be an amazing signing and a signing that I'd say really good depth then you look at Kayvon Webster who to me another player that can come in here and do a really good job a veteran type player that he's played with um he started 2017 with the rams and that was to me that that's pretty big he's a player that did good in that spot for the rams and that was a playoff team i know they lost in the first round but still they were a division winning team playoff team they hosted a playoff game and last year he was with houston and he only played two games but before that played 11 games started 11 games um had a pick seven pass deflections 38 tackles that was a really good year then with denver i remember him uh, when they won the Super Bowl, he was a uh, player for them. Um, I remember 2013, he had a big pick. I think it was in the playoffs. I don't know. But um, it was a big pick, I remember. I just, like, I remember his name. I think it's kind of a cool name. But I, I think he could be a player. And Aurora doesn't really have any stats because he didn't really play on the professional uh, level. He's been more of a practice club player. Good college player, especially in special teams. But that, that's just what I feel from that realm there. I think Sensible can come in here, play outside, play inside, play uh, safety. He could do so many good things that... To me, it's just a slam dunk for the Saints if they can get him. Or I think Webster can come in here, do some really good stuff, be that veteran-type player. And then also another player I want to add in there is Morris Claiborne. He is still out there and available. Really, he is a full-fledged you know, starter, and he has been for a while in this league, and he's still out there. Last year, look, he never good here with the Jets. I think everyone's going to say that. He was with Dallas. He had, you know, and he's from New Orleans, uh, Shreveport. He's from Louisiana. I'm sorry there. <laughs> just to add that in, but... He started all 15 games, looking up his stats. They're not the worst, but again, I think he'd come in here, be a really good mentor to all our young guys, and he would also be helpful too. So I'd, I'd be happy to see all those guys there and be our, like our fifth corner, fourth corner. That's, to me, a slam dunk, and they all have um, experience playing, and a lot of them have experience playing special teams. So to me, slam dunk, really good job. 
by the Saints there. Also, on to our last set of news, and that is going to be Reggie Bush and Marcus Colston headline the Saints Hall of Fame class of 2019. And to me, this is just an honor to both of these guys, and they both deserve it. I'm just going to say that they both really, really deserve this honor. I think that when looking at it, Colston, to me, him and Mike Thomas are the best two one of the best two wide receivers in the Saints, Sean Payton, Drew Brees, really overall. I mean, look, obviously we're doing that ranking later, but I think even overall, these guys come up and um, they can play. And he's, Marcus Colston was a gamer. He was a baller. He took less money to stay with the Saints. That's obviously a huge plus. He made big catches in the Super Bowl in that playoff run. Uh, he made other big plays in the um, 2011 game against the 49ers and against the Lions. So was 10, I know he had the bad play at the end of the game, but... He had a good game basically all up to that point where he like, had the backwards lateral. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that, but I definitely do. Uh, another moment where, like, hey, they just stepped out of bounds and the Saints got out a chance to win. But, look, that probably wouldn't have happened anyways. But, to me, th- that he's just pro's pro, really good player. I still don't know how he wasn't selected to a Pro Bowl. I think every Saints fan is still scratching their head about that. But, overall, just, I mean, amazing player. I mean, these stats, I mean, look, they're just off the chart amazing stuff just it's he lights it up so he had over a hundred targets all but twice and those two times were because of he was hurt in both those seasons and only in those two seasons he didn't get 100 targets he only started 11 games between the two seasons and then after that he was just amazing his best year came in it's 2007 his best year was in 2007 when he had 98 catches 1200 yards and 11 touchdowns in a huge year, 2009, he had 70 catches, 1,075 yards, and nine touchdowns. 2011, he had 80 catches, 1,100 yards, and eight touchdowns in a star-studded Saints team. Same with 2010, 84 catches, about 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. 2012, he got 10 touchdowns again and having 1,100 yards on 83 catches. Then he started to get a little worse from there in 2013. He had um, 75 catches and didn't get to a thousand yards and then since then he didn't get to any a thousand yards after 2013 but that you know he started to become older and banged up overall he was just an amazing player when looking at his playoff rec- uh, his playoff uh resume here in 2005 and 2009 he was dynamite having 15 catches a touchdown 188 yards he did really really good in my opinion um, 2010, he, he, in that one playoff game, he did have four catches, 70 yards against a really, on that way team, he did a really good job. 2013, again, did really good things. We played the Seahawks twice, and he was a big part of both of those games. 2011, I think he was his best when he caught 16 out of 19 balls in two games, 256 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's, like, that's really good. And that's only in two games. And, you know, you cut that in half, like, that was just straight out baller mode, 130 yards in 2011. I remember him. He was just, I mean... It was unstoppable. That whole Saints offense was unstoppable. How that team didn't get farther is beyond me, but overall, pros pro, class of all classes. He's just a really solid player. Congratulations, Marcus Colston, for being inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame. And now Reggie Bush. I, congratulations to Reggie, first of all, because Reggie... I love Reggie. I remember, you know, becoming a first as a Saints fan, watching Reggie and uh, Reggie and Breeze and all those guys play, and he was great coming from USC. It was all this hype. And, look, I know he didn't make his full expectations, but he was the guy that helped bring the Saints back to legitimacy, back to winning. And after Katrina, that's all what the city needed. They needed Reggie Bush and Drew Brees 
and they got him, and they both obviously Drew Brees will make it to the Saints Hall of Fame. He'll make it to the regular Hall of Fame, but they need Reggie Bush just as much as any other guy. He came in here. He set the tone always. He was just an amazing player, receiving the ball, running the ball. When looking at these stats, it's just amazing stuff. He had overall in his career, he did have, I mean, this just amazing stats, a stat line really, because he had so many rushing yards, so many receiving yards when looking at it. He did have around 9,000 yards all um, all purpose overall in his career in 10 years. Uh, really, really eight years because he had two years at the end that to me just don't count because he only had 25 total yards overall in those two seasons. So pull back to 2014, 2006, 2014, he's basically has 9,000 yards all purpose. That's really good. So, you know, that's over 1,000 yards all purpose a season about you know, and, th- and that's what Alvin Kamara is doing, something similar to that. Obviously, Kamara, I think, has better talent and had two better years. But it's really, I mean, what he did for the Saints, he brought the tone. And he was a tone setter, especially in that playoff game when he brought out the bat, bring the wood. That was a huge thing for the Saints. Get intense, win the Super Bowl. Don't have that first-round slump that teams had, especially um, teams that were uh, not unprepared. I don't want to say that, but just basically not do they young players not ready for the playoffs. And like the Titans did in 2008, um, so the Saints to do this is, I mean, he was just amazing. And overall, just, he was a great player. His best year, I think, came in, roughing it was in 2007, uh, not in 2007. As a Saint, it was 2007. Overall, his best rushing performance was with Miami in 2011. But with the Saints, he had a couple of just amazing seasons. I think 2006, 2007 was his two best years. He had 120 targets in 2006. He had 88 catches in 2006. 2009 with that star-studded team, he ended up with 47 catches. He had such he had so many like just boom games or just like outstanding against that Cardinals playoff game. He was an elite player. He had such a huge impact on the game. Had a, had amazing runs and stuff. He had that jump that that jump into the end zone against the Dolphins where he went Superman on us and he didn't go out of bounds. That was to me that that I think he jumped about six yards from that point, staying in bounds and no one touching him. That's I've never seen anything like that. He's just all, all you know, and now he's on, he's with the Saints. He always, you know, does, leads the Hootat chant. He came out in the Will Smith jersey. Um, he was a great locker room guy. And, and, you know, he's on NFL Network picking the Saints every Sunday. So that's obviously really good stuff. And I'm just really happy for both of those. And, you know, congrats to Reggie. Congrats to Marcus Colston for all being inducted. And just overall, thank you for your time on the Saints. So I think this is a good time to take a little break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
Thanks for staying with us here at the Houdet discussion. And now we're going to move on to our main topic, and that is going to be ranking the top five wide receivers in the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era. And this is going to be fun because the Saints have had so many good receivers throughout their history in the last 13 years. And when looking at it, to me, there are just so many players and some good receivers are going to get left out here. We're not going to go into tight ends and that stuff. I'm not going to make it too hard on me, but I'm just going to go in top five receivers because when you're looking at it, there are like about seven or eight really good receivers that would probably deserve the honor on other teams. It's starting out with, you know, you got Mike Thomas, you got Colston, you got Cooks, you got Devery Henderson, Meacham, you have Lance Moore, Willie Sneed, all these names out here, and to me, all really, really good receivers, and they've all had productive years. I think we're just going to start our ranking here. So at number five, to start off this ranking is going to be Devery Henderson, Saints wide receiver from 2004-2002-2012, and Look, he was that deep threat for the Saints along with Robert Meacham, and he played a little longer than Robert Meacham. That's why Devery Henderson's going to make this list, and Robert Meacham is not. And definitely, guys, if you think Robert Meacham be on here, comment down below. Tweet me on Twitter. Definitely do that because I want to hear your opinions as well. Devery Henderson came in here, and he was really, really good. Had some really amazing years with the Saints. 2009, 50 catches, 800 yards. He had 80, 83 targets. That's really good. He was a Really good player for the Saints. He had the most yards per reception in the league twice. That's what he led the league in. He caught deep balls. He was a deep ball player, kind of what Ted Ginn is for the Saints now. That's what Devery Henderson was for the Saints. And um, I used to call him Do It Like Dev because he was, he was just, he, he just does, he was really good. He was just the, those deep balls. He would, he's fast. And so, you know, he had some quick moves. Those double moves are really big for the Saints. And, you know, when Drew Brees could really launch it down the field, that's when he had some just amazing years, 2009, 2008. And he was just really good, um, 2006, 2007. He, he went from 2006 to 2010. And to me, that stretch was really good for the Saints as a good number two solid wide receiver. He obviously helped the Saints win um, a Super Bowl here. Uh, he had two touchdowns in the Super Bowl run in 2011, uh, 2009, excuse me there. He had 15 catches, 182 yards, and two TDs. So almost a touchdown a game, almost like two-thirds touchdown a game. He was really solid in the Vikings game, caught a touchdown there. Um, overall, he played, I mean, and you even, you know, divided by three, see how much yards, you know, 60 yards a game. Basically, went five, five catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown every game. And that's playoff run. That's obviously huge. He also... You know, had some playoff kick returns and punt returns in 2010 and 2009. He was a good special teams player. Overall, really solid player. And, you know, I'm really happy that he was able to not only make this list, but to just get recognized. Because I feel like Saints fans think Meacham was better. And I, like, do I have a lot of, Meech- of memories of Meacham too? Yeah. And I would love to take a tie between them and, you know, have Henderson and Meacham. Because they did have some similar years and they're almost... Very, they're just very similar because in 2009 he had 45 catches to it to me Henderson's a little better I'm gonna give the tie to Henderson but Meacham had that play um had that amazing game against the Redskins where he um, was on a pick he stripped the guy and ran it back for a touchdown the strip six and look those performances you just don't forget and to me he was great too so I don't want to put down Robert Meacham he's our honorable mention here today but overall 
really, really good stuff there. So now on to our fourth, and I'm going to probably say them both at once because I was between two receivers. I was between Lance Moore, Super Bowl hero, caught the two-point conversion in the Super Bowl. Overall, was just a really likable guy, um, likable Saints player, and you know he played with the Saints from 2006 all the way to 2013, so he was a long player on the Saints. He had a couple of years where he had over 100 targets. He had a 1,000-yard season with the Saints. Overall, pros pro, really good player. 2009, he didn't really play that much, but you know he got hurt as well. So that year, he didn't um, have the best of years in the Super Bowl run, but he, he did really good in the playoff, which I think was huge you know, for the Saints being able to play in the playoff. You know, 2009, he was able to catch that two-point conversion, and he did a really good job. There, 2010, he had 94 targets, and then 2012, he had 104 targets. 2008, he had 121 targets. Overall, really good player that came in here, had you know eight touchdowns twice for the Saints. Overall, was really solid. And then you look at Brandon Cooks, who, to me, another really solid player because when looking at it, he was just, like, for that stretch that he was on the Saints, those three years, he was really, he had two years, really. I mean, first year was good, you know, 50 catches, 550 yards, and three touchdowns. That's good. And then he went on two years in a row of just tears with the Saints where he had 85 catches, 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns, and then 78 catches, um, 1,100 yards, and eight touchdowns. These two guys, it's very tough because you have longevity versus just two amazing years. And it's really tough who to give it to. Brandon Cooks kind of spurned us. So to me, that puts kind of a bad taste in my mouth with him and his Saints legacy. His Saints legacy is not very good. He was, wasn't on any good teams. He'll be known, obviously, as for two years, he was Drew Brees' number one target. But besides that, look, he didn't really do that much for the Saints. I'm not going to you know, sugarcoat. He never had a 10-touchdown se- season for the Saints. But... You know, Lance Moore did have a big legacy for the Saints. Won a Super Bowl with the Saints. You know, those touchdown dances all over. Always remember, your know, people will come up in Lance Moore jerseys, the Saints games. People will not come up with Brandon Cooks jerseys, the Saints games anymore. That's the fact. And to me, I'm going to put Brandon Cooks in the fourth spot and Lance Moore in the third spot. And I know this is very controversial as Brandon Cooks is the better receiver. But for his time on the Saints, I'm going to take Lance Moore over him. I have more found memories of Lance Moore on the Saints than I do Brandon Cooks on the Saints. And the Saints weren't very successful when Brandon Cooks was on the team. So that's what I'm going to go here. And to me, overall, we'll start with Brandon Cooks because I don't want to make it seem like he's a bet. Like he's on this list. So that means he's, you know, up there with the Saints. He was a player, he's a burner receiver that came in 2014. Saints traded up to get him, and he was ice money every step of the way. And um, he was really good. I, I mean, look, didn't really have that much memories of him. That's why I'm going to put him forth here. He had some really clutch games. I remember in 2016, he caught a big touchdown at the end of a game. And then the Saints ended up losing because they blocked our field goal kick and they brought it back for two points for the win. That it was against Denver. And um, he caught the touchdown though to tie the game up. He had some just really great seasons. He went over 100 targets twice with the Saints. Overall, great receiver. Was able to, you know, have those burner routes in deep. But he did have some flaws. You know, he didn't really run many routes. Slant route, deep route. That's really what he did. Corner route, that stuff. Very small route tree. And then... You know, his attitude kind of ruined him on this list. If he was still on the Saints now, I'd say he's probably top two with Mike Thomas here. or And Mar- top three with Marcus Colson, Mike Thomas, and um, himself. But I can't put him on that, that list here as he left the Saints, didn't want to be with the Saints. So how can I put him on you know, a big Saints list here, an honor an honor for a player to be on this list? To, to a player that didn't really want to play for the Saints after a couple of years there because you know, they didn't want to sign him to that big deal for a first receiver. They thought Mike Thomas was going to be their number one. So... That's just what I feel. And then Lance Moore, 
Again, pros pro, another pros pro type player. In 2008, he had a coming out party of 80 catches, almost 1,000 yards, and 10 touchdowns, and really a great effort. 2010, he had 66 catches, 760 yards, 8 touchdowns. Then he won 52 catches, 630 yards, 8 touchdowns, um, 65 catches. And then in this year, he had 65 catches and over 1,000 yards and 6 touchdowns. That stretch is really good. And those in that, that, sprint, that span there, in that like four or five year span, he does have more yards than Brandon Cooks does, and he does have more touchdowns than Brandon Cooks does. So that's why I'm going to put him above. And he was just a lovable uh, player for the Saints, likable player for the Saints, I should say. Just touchdown dances in the end zone, all that fun stuff. He was just a really fun player and just a really, really good player there. So before we move on to our top two, who am I going to pick? Mike Thomas or Marcus Colston? We are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion podcast. So we are back, and we are going to name our top two Saints receivers here, and it's going to be a fight between Marcus Colston and can't guard Mike Mike Thomas. So who am I going to go here? It's very tough. Mike Thomas is going into his fourth year now, so he has three seasons under his belt, and every single season was really, really good. And um, Pro Bowl twice could have easily been a Pro Bowl in 2016. Pro Bowl in 2016. He's went over 1,000 yards every single time. He went over 90 catches every single time. He's had 23 touchdowns in three years. He's had over 140 targets twice, over 120 targets every single time with the Saints. He's been amazing in the playoffs. His playoff stats, I mean, look, you want to say that Marcus Colston had some great playoff stats, and I'll say that he did, but man. <laughs> and he's only, and Mike Marcus Colston, he had, some, he had one really good year in 2011, but the other years were all right. This was two years where they were just ball out games here he had two games when you look over 100 yards per game in both years that's obviously really good no other Saints receiver did that he's went over 20 targets both times he went over 15 catches both times over 200 yards both times he had three total touchdowns in those games that Vikings game the Saints lost on the Minnesota Miracle Mike Thomas he was amazing against Xavier Rhodes he no roads closed the roads were wide open he really made roads frustrated he broke his ankles a few times it was just like taking him to school sitting him down at the desk that's what mike thomas was doing and then he did the same thing to the eagles in the following year this guy he's just straight savage every saints fan is going to know that especially the saints fans now and obviously maybe um you know i'm looking at a more you know, fine-tuned comb the last couple of years because, I mean, starting the podcast and everything, I have been able to look at the games a little more in-depth and because I want to speak about them. And I saw that Mike Thomas is just this dog and straight savage. He was amazing. He, I mean, you want to talk about Marcus Colston as a, a silent assassin? Well, you know, Michael Thomas is like the silent, you know, head assassin because he was just amazing. Marcus Colston, on the other hand, was also amazing. Um, I'm not going to say that he wasn't here. He had... Just some just outstanding years with the Saints where he went over a thousand yards, over I think he went over ten touchdowns a few times as well. Yeah, he did. He went over ten touch uh ten touchdowns twice. Michael Thomas has no ten touchdown season yet. Obviously, Colston's played for a much longer span. It's really tough. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. But you know, Marcus Colston doesn't have one hundred yard receiving season, hundred yard catch receiving season, and Michael Thomas already has two We're going over 90 receptions he's only done that once michael thomas done that all three years already and it's so tough this is really a tough tough thing to say but i'm gonna go out and say it 
number two best ranked Saints wide receiver in the Drew Brees, Sean Payne era is going to go to Marcus Colston here, which will give Michael Thomas a number one slot. Marcus Colston's just a great player. Pro's pro, amazing player. If it was before Mike Thomas this year, I'd probably put Marcus uh, Marcus Colston number one. But the Saints need Michael Thomas, I think, more now than more than the Saints need a Marcus Colston, especially in his prime. Nothing against Marcus Colston there, but that's just what I felt um, when making this list. Marcus Colston to be the second best ranked wide receiver in a Drew Brees offense is obviously just a huge honor for him, I bet. But to overall, this is just, to me, a great... Mike, we went over his stats. I'm not going to do it again. But he was just pros pro, always there, always reliable. He started over 100 games for the Saints. And to me, just... He, he's he's Marcus Colson. Look, I have his jersey. You know, he's just that player that comes in here. He was always reliable, always making big catches, always soft hands. And he was just, to me, an overall amazing player. And he was one of my favorite players as a Saint growing up here. And a huge role model, amazing role model. Always knew how to carry himself on and off the field. Just overall, really good job. And then Michael Thomas, you know, what can I say about him? You know, he's... He's just the, he's the best. He wants to be the best and he's the best. He plays on the field every day. Like he's the best, even in training camp and, you know, preseason and games that don't even count. Like the one in Carolina where he wanted to get, you know, his record there at the end of the season, he came and he wants to play. He wants to win the Super Bowl. He genuinely cares about the Saints. He genuinely cares about his teammates and he genuinely cares about winning. Not many players, I think in the league today, besides that are not on the Saints, believe in that. And he shows it and he, you definitely feel you. he's that type of player that you feel like he's going to make a big play when you need him to. And if the Saints are throwing near Michael Thomas's way, he's going to catch the ball. It's like a 95% chance. It's going to happen. And overall, this is just he's, – he's the best. That's all I can say there. I really lost for words there because he is just overall the greatest Saints receiver in this era for sure. So, with all that said, I think it's time to wrap up this podcast. If you like our podcast and like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, you can follow us on Twitter at the Houdat Dis and Instagram at Houdat Discussion. Also, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, our iTunes channel, Google Play channel, Spotify channel, Stitcher now we're on, and we're working to be on TuneIn as well. Um, if you guys listen to your podcast on there, we will be up on there real soon there and just overall we're also on Castbox. if you guys didn't know that if you guys listen to your podcast on there we're on a lot of sites on now and just feel really ecstatic about it i'm just happy about really everything that's happening with the who that discussion i'm really happy about i'm happy about the new logo i'm happy about just everything i want to say thank you to everybody you know who's got us to this point i think this was just a really cool episode not only because we're starting our chapter now as you know part of the overtime network here um the overtime media network and you know, now just doing the whole Saints segment about kind of like the history and all that stuff. I thought it was just a really good episode, and I hope you guys think the same of it. So with all that said, I want to say thank you, finish the deal, and who dat?